This episode is brought to you by Smart Food Popcorn. Some decisions aren't the best, like skipping ahead in your favorite podcast. Think of all the banter you'll miss, the lore in the making. Luckily, Smart Food Popcorn is a no-brainer. Deliciously tasty and available in a variety of fun flavors. It's a smart decision every time. Smart Food. Add smart. To learn more, visit smartfood.com. This episode is brought to you by the Inspire Collection by Kalia. Just because you're working out doesn't mean you shouldn't look fabulous. The Inspire Collection by Kalia was designed with both style and performance in mind. It looks good, feels good, and stays put no matter how you move. And the collection has everything you need for a day at the gym. A support bra, crop tanks, bike shorts, amazing leggings, and more. It's their most versatile collection yet. Shop the Inspire Collection by Kalia now, exclusively at Dick's Sporting Goods. Hello, I'm Rob Beckett. And I'm Josh Whittacombe. Welcome to Parents in Hell, the show in which Josh and I discuss what it's really like to be a parent, which I would say can be a little tricky. So, to make ourselves, and hopefully you, feel better about the trials and tribulations of modern-day parenting, each week we'll be chatting to a famous parent about how they're coping. Or hopefully how they're not coping. And we'll also be hearing from you, the listener, with your tips, advice, and, of course, tales of parenting woe. Because, let's be honest, there are plenty of times when none of us know what we're doing. Hello, you're listening to Parenting Hell with... Can Jackson say Rob... Beckett. Beckett. And Josh. Josh. Widdicombe. What did you do? Clever boy. Da. There we go. Hi, Rob and Josh. This is my two-year-old son, Jackson, doing his intro to the sexiest, funniest and most relatable comedians. <laughs> Absolutely love the podcast, so much so that I've recommended it to everyone I know. And I also have a voice note agreement with my friend in France where we share our Crosby's laws. <laughs> that and the fact that whenever my husband and I lose our shit, we just calmly refer back to it as a milk tray incident. This podcast has potentially saved our marriage. Can't wait for the book and to come and see you next year in Birmingham. Katie <laughs> and Jackson in Tamworth. Yes. Jackson is spelt with an X. J-A-X-O-N. Yeah. Oh, sounds like a criminal. Is he from the from, future? Criminal from a future film. Jackson. <laughs> I vividly remember... The first time I heard Miss Jackson by Outcast, yeah, and I thought, this changes everything. Why? This is the greatest song I've ever heard. <laughs> what did I you... I sat in a car waiting for my dad to come out of Spa in Bovey Tracy in Devon. Come on, and try I and thought, keep it relatable, mate, all these showbiz stories. <laughs> I just <laughs> vividly thought, this is, this is how music should sound. That was a good album. I like that album. I just, I just, I don't know. For some reason, I've got such a vivid memory of it. Yeah. But there we go. There you go. It's a good song. Um, but spelt. It is a good song, isn't differently it? Differently to Jackson. Um, how are you, Josh Widdicombe? I'm all right. But do you know what? Do you want to hear something, Rob? Yeah, always. I am slightly struggling psychologically. <laughs> okay. Um, and, and what's the news? That isn't that standard issue? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I thought he was going to tell me something new. <laughs> you didn't even acknowledge that, did you? No, I didn't even understand. <laughs> Okay. I didn't even understand. Oh, God. So, you may or may not know. Uh, please do watch it. A hypothetical on Dave that I do with James Acast. We're now doing a spin-off podcast series. Oh, yeah, I saw that. The new series, yeah. How many episodes are you doing? 
Dad, uh, Rob. Sam! Yeah. This is... This is, Rob, today. Yeah. The fifth podcast I've recorded. Don't you I do that. I am but... fucked. <laughs> Don't you do that. How long are the episodes? An hour. I Fuck off. I am. This is the beginning of my fifth hour of podcasting today. What about your um, football podcast? You still do that? Yeah, but not today. God, you love it. You do, don't you? You can't I get d- enough of it. Rob, <laughs> if you could see how dead my eyes were, you wouldn't go, he loves podcasting. <laughs> you go, that is a man who has nothing left to say. Ever. <laughs> oh, dear. Could well, I just we- tell you, though? Yeah. An anecdote I've got. Well, I was uh, going to say this because we, we you, this comes from one of our podcasts. Talk about doing too many podcasts. One of our podcasts nearly didn't go up, did it? Didn't nearly go yeah. onto the internet. Um, and this is the reason why. And it was the one when we were announcing our book. So it, we had like, because when you announce a book, it's like there's all these timed things. Like, because obviously there's a press release and there's when you, all, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you were quite stressed, but it doesn't really matter any of that. No, you know I know that. it doesn't. I they know, just say, but... oh, we're going to announce a book at 10am. So it'd be yeah. good if the podcast is out before then. But like, but I like, the I still... like things to be, I know. And to be honest, Rob, everyone's got fucking eight months to buy the book. So I don't know what the advantage of 10am versus 8am no. is. There's nothing. But it was... But you no. were really you you messaged me loads going are you up are you up I can't get through to Michael the podcast isn't <laughs> up the book announcements at ten out of the book announcement it's, it's hardly like a new lockdown announcement it's just a book site <laughs> in eight months you were like proper stressing <laughs> this is the bit this is the low bit because it was when Michael was stuck on holiday yeah. still stuck on holiday and I thought well, I've got to phone him his phone is going to answer phone Hang on, what time was this because he was in so this Solution was, so he's in like American was in time Solution. so this was see that's the kind of holiday that's, that, that just annoys me that's the kind of holiday you have when you don't have fucking kids you go to St Lucia because it's only two flights not four and you're just there in St Lucia he, he's like Simon Cow on a jet ski and we're Jedward absolute disgrace do you know what what we're going to find out in, in six years, like Jedward or someone like that, is that we'll t- it turn out that St. Lucia was billed back to us all along. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? Yeah. He recorded one podcast there. The whole trip was claimed back. <laughs> See you in court. I feel like the Sex Pistols. He'll own, he'll own Rob Beckett, the identity of me. <laughs> I won't even be allowed to call my kids. But that's the only reason I don't say my kids' names, because Michael will own them. So I thought... I've got to get through to him because the podcast isn't up. And what can I do? I can't get through to his phone. So do you know what I did? I thought, I wonder if he's tagged himself in his location on Instagram. And he had. Oh, you mean he's tagged him? I went, wait, I follow him. But he went through his posts. I didn't go back through two years. It was the most recent post was tagged with the hotel. So I then phoned the hotel. I'm like, could you put me through to Michael, please? Michael Martin. (laughs) What time is this? 5 a.m.? Five 2 a.m. St. Lucian time. 2 a.m. 2 a.m. St. Lucian time. And okay. they were like, we can't put you through, it's 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it's an emergency. <laughs> Look, St. Lucia, I don't know if you know, there's a book about parenting out, and there's not been many, and that's coming out in eight months. And if you think that I'm going to promote a book on a podcast after 10 a.m., you're you're on a different planet, buddy. <laughs> so they wouldn't let you get through, obviously, because they're in a good hotel. No. <laughs> I don't, it's an emergency. Did they and ask the, you they, what emergency? They no. And I thought I, I can't make one up. You should have said I'm pregnant. I can't get through to my clinic. I'm pregnant. Go, just so you know, yeah, your house hasn't burnt down, but I am through now. So could you pop that podcast up? <laughs> 
We've got a book to sell, bitch. Wakey, wakey. Yeah. So they said phone back at 5am solution time. Well, that's the, I'd, I'd rather get woke up at 2am, wouldn't you? If you yeah, get woke up at 5am, you're up for the day. If you get woken up at 2am, yeah. you, you, you can get back to sleep. So I phone up at 5am. Yeah, exactly. I phone up at 5am. Why do you care so much, Josh? Because when I get something in my head, I think, this has got to be done. <laughs> or what? Or what? I don't know, Rob. <laughs> I just care. I just care about the wrong thing. No, no, no. It's good to care, but yeah. But you don't mind. You'd like a bit of admin. You haven't got much on. <laughs> In between your podcast records, Ring St. Lucia, about another podcast. Jesus Christ, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> you're, you're a bit too stressed, I think, mate. You, you need to yeah. be in St. Lucia. <laughs> Stop ringing, mate. Get going. <laughs> what are you there? Put me through and then put me in for two weeks. <laughs> yeah, no, a Arden. room for one, please. No, I'm coming on my own. <laughs> A writing retreat. No, I won't be bringing a fucking microphone because I can't like, work. I'm here to relax. I'm, I'll put me in for three months, one room, singular occupancy. <laughs> oh, the, this podcast, when, when we put the book announcement up, all the comments are like, yeah, fine, but where's the, where's the podcast, Matt, guys? Because I've got a commute this morning. It's, it's, people are building their lives around this. It's mad. Yeah, all right, well done. You're writing a book. Where the fuck is today's podcast, guys? I do think for, for a free product, the anger that it was late was unacceptable. It, I was like, guys, can we all just relax? Right. We should get on with our guest, Rob. Yes, we should. It's a great guest. Oh, God, I'm tired. What's but if you think I'm tired, listen to this, man. Never has anyone slept less with three years of a child oh god yeah i forgot about this is great oh my tom cray if you if you feel like you're tired from your kids listen to this and you'll feel like you've just been reborn yeah he doesn't he's had no sleep has he no if you if you think tom parry was tired that was like six months in this man is three years in this is tom crane hello tom crane hi josh how are you Good. Um, Michael, the producer, gave a warning there um, <laughs> before did. we started recording because he's worried <laughs> that you're that you're too worried about what people think about your relationship with your kids that you're going to hold back. Right. OK, so, so the warning was that basically I don't need to constantly explain that I love my kids. That that's, yeah. that's, that's that, a given. Basically. That's, a, that's yeah. a given on this show, Tom. I, I feel a bit like I've interrupted your little coffee catch up because you two. This is quite yeah. interesting for me and the listener that you two are like proper mates to hang out with kids. Yeah. A lot, because yes. you're near each other. So this is a, quite a window into what like, Josh is really like off mic, Tom, for and us. We went, to the well zoo. As... we went to the zoo on Sunday, Rob. Yeah, but what about stuff with the kids? Oh, when do you mean, it's just a lovely <laughs> bit of business, isn't it? It's that kind of stuff. I, all joking apart, I, I would happily go to the zoo with you, Josh, just for a day. I mean, literally, that'd be, it'd be a nice afternoon. But do you know I, what? I, Every I, time I, we go I mean, to the zoo, this is the worst thing. Me and Crane will have the discussion of whether it'd be nice to go without the kids, which is <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. world to live in. <laughs> I'm, I've, I've sort of gone off London Zoo because I did a corporate gig there and died on my ass. Did you? And the only people were laughing were the chimps in the distance. <laughs> and, it, and, it's, and it's burned into me. I can't step foot back in that zoo. Oh, brutal. I, my, my, my weird relationship with London Zoo is that the only thing 
So Charlie is my eldest. He's three and a half. The only thing he cares about is this um, is the carousel. He, he doesn't care about anything else. <laughs> yeah. so the, the whole journey is basically just skipping past the animals as quickly as he can to get to his carousel in the middle. Yeah. So at which point, I don't know why we're bothering going to Camden, but he's so in love with this thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he's so obsessed it's, with it. It's a completely fucking pointless thing, the zoo, because they don't. it's wasted on them because they don't realise how mad it is that there's a giraffe in London. They don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. they don't understand that that shouldn't be happening. It's, it's more mental that it's in London because I imagine, you know, when you normally a zoo's in a big bit of land in the countryside, it was normally like some rich bloke's estate that then turned into a zoo. But the thought of just trying to get a giraffe out of a lorry and trying to find anywhere to park near Regent's Park is absurd. So walking it through Camden. <laughs> <laughs> Past the market. Trying to go, don't Bring go it in, in on the canal. Nothing worth buying in there, mate. Don't, don't bother going in there. Trying to get, yeah. yeah. No, I, I completely agree. So w- when we went on Saturday, the only thing we managed to see, uh, me, uh, my girlfriend, and our, our child, we saw one pelican. Uh, we had oh. lunch in the um, had like lunch in the in the cafeteria. Instantly, they serve burgers and fish and chips, which feels a bit weird. I don't know. I don't really. That feels a bit weird. And then um, we <laughs> also went to the butterfly house. Do you think it should be a vegetarian? We I do vegetarian. feel that. Yeah. But I went to the London Aquarium and they have a fish and chip shop at the end of it. I don't. That yeah. feels weird. Does it not? Yeah, it does. That is weird. It is a bit weird. Like you and can't. It's, you can't like pick one out like at a posh restaurant with a lobster. It doesn't work like that. But you. <laughs> The fact that this thing is at the end does feel off. I was thinking as well, there must be people that went to Camden and did drugs, oblivious that there's a zoo around the corner, and might have stumbled into it on a mad one. You can see the giraffes poking over the wall sometimes. So there's a chance that you go out on a big one in Camden, you're walking back at 6am and the giraffe looks (laughs) over the wall at you. Josh knows about this. One of the things with my boy Charlie is that he doesn't want to walk anywhere, which is like really stressful. Um, so, sorry, Tom, to interrupt. So you've got one boy, Charlie, is that right? So I sh- I'll explain. Now, I have two children. I have um, a little boy called Pip, who's just turned one this weekend, and an older boy called Charlie, who I will, despite the warning, say I love very, very much. He's awesome. But he... Uh... Oh, oh, edit that <laughs> out, Mike. Edit that out. Um, but Charlie, after like three footsteps, is like, I don't want to walk. I'm tired. My legs are tired. So I spend my entire life carrying him around. So at London Zoo, it's the same. Like, I was carrying him, as you'll know, John, I was carrying him all the way around the zoo. Like, everywhere I have to carry him. How it's old is so- he? I was always... He's three and a half. You know, three. You know the parent you, you, uh, you saw when... Um, <laughs> There's always one parent who's like pushing a pram and carrying their child at the same time. So it's an empty pram. <laughs> I'll say, why did you get the child? That, that's what it is with Charlie. So that, that's that's the only oh. frustration of going out to the zoo and stuff is I have to carry him everywhere. So what happens if you put him... I get when there's no pram, but if you've got a pram, why won't you just get in the pram? Well, we're trying to sort of get the pram out a bit, sort of, you know, you know sort of fade yeah. it out a bit to try and make him yeah. walk more. We, we're using the scooter thing he goes around on, but that just means I end up yeah. carrying the scooter and him. Try two kids, two scooters, carrying both during lockdown. I did that across the park and I was oh, livid. I was so hot and tired and yeah. heavy, everything was so heavy. Do you have the thing where, you, where you, you, ha- you make them promise beforehand that that definitely won't happen? Each time I'm like, okay, so if we're going to take the scooter, 
just to be clear, Charlie, I, I, you will be on the scooter there and back. And like, yeah, yeah, of course I will. He's looking me dead in the eye like he actually respects me. And then, uh, then we'll get like halfway to the park. Have you considered pushing on the scooter? Can't you put him standing on the scooter and then push the scooter? I get lower back problems. Oh, right. I do, I do get lower back problems. That's probably from carrying your fucking oh, kid around the zoo. Up. You, were ne- you were near me complaining about my back. That's that so, is. Because you're, t- you're what? How tall are you? Six one? Six two? Six two. Yeah, six, six two. two. Yeah, so because I find it a bit of a hunch on the back, and I'm only five or eight to get down to the scooter. So what about a, yeah. like, a bigger scooter, and then he just holds, and then he holds on the bottom bit of the scooter, and then you could pull him along. I'm going to say it. I'm, I'm not going to throw these things around with many of our guests, but I think Tom's lower back problems are partly psychosomatic, okay. Rob. And the reason I'm saying that is his girlfriend told me that when they were trying prams. Yes. He claimed to have got lower back problems from a pram when trying it from one side of John Lewis. That is true. <laughs> that is true. I did. It hurt. I felt which, a twinge. Which John Lewis? The blue one's massive. It's... How far was the walk? <laughs> it was the one near Oxford Circus. I did one full lap and it, and it hurt. Yeah. It did hurt. So It's the flagship store. That's the flagship store to yeah, be fair. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but... Um... Yeah, but there, there is, that, is, that is a point of frustration. My oldest um, doesn't walk at all, and then my youngest loves walking and stuff. So when when it was the first 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 lockdown, and she was only two, the youngest she'd get out, she'd get boogie boogie's loud out for an hour walking around with the pram. The eldest, who was yeah. four, would not get out of the pram at all for the entire walk and just eat some sandwiches. It was like a double buggy thing. And then the, the two year old would get out, even though she was two years younger, because she was bored and walk a bit. So it's just different kids. Okay. Yeah. I think that's. I do think that's right because our our younger boy already. He's like he's only just turned a year, but he's desperately going around on this sort of like trundle thing, which he's constantly. He's really physical, and he already dominates his older brother. Like like Charlie's (laughs) got this little got this plastic toy car that he sits in in the living room. He's being physically dominated by one year old. He completely is. Yeah, what? That's not a lie at all. So there's this plastic (laughs) car that Charlie sits in and pretends to drive around, and then Pitt will come in and basically pull him out of it and then sit in it himself. Like he's a year old. It's absolutely mad. And and Charlie will be going, "Oh, Dad, Pip's pushed me. Pip's pushed me." Uh, is Pip, uh, Pip is uh, no, it's not. Uh, he, he Pip is short for Philip, but he's not a Philip. He's a Pip. That's what we call him. But uh, oh, right, he okay, is, okay. Uh, yeah, really, really physical. Really, kind of, and already you can see the difference. How quickly these things sort of like their personality comes out so early. Are you worried he's going to be bullying Charlie within years? I don't think he'll be bullying, but I think he'll be. Uh, he'll be the, He'll be like the heavy. He'll be the sort of the, the tough one. I think in school that, that looks yeah. after his brother, who's two years older than him. <laughs> I think that's gonna be it. <laughs> like, his brother is in year His brother is in year eight. My brother, who's two years earlier, uh, younger, he's gonna sort you out. But it's it's amazing how quickly these things come out. Now, I, I feel like we should discuss sleeping because that's kind of a big deal mm. in your life, or isn't as the yeah, case yeah. may be. Um, how bad is Charlie as a sleeper, or has he been? I, I, I don't think we've. I think I've had two good nights sleep, three good nights sleep in three and a half years. I think that is about right. <laughs> is and that including, I, not I, including going away, working away from home? And I've discounted the couple of times we've been away and yeah, we've, you know, yeah. yeah, take that as a given. But actually that's annoyingly, it isn't take it as a given because I've got in such, <laughs> into such a rhythm of waking up five or six times in a night that even when we stay in a hotel together, I wake up five or six times in a night because <laughs> my mind is now... <laughs> So it's what, really bad. The, yeah. So what's the six? Because he's three. Was he three and a three and a half now? So what's the situation half, currently? Yeah. What's the sleep so pattern the, like the now? So the situation currently. So occasionally we'll get 
two or three days of good sleep, three, something like that. But that never coincides with the younger brother sleeping well as well. That's, that's yeah. another point we'll come to. His younger brother isn't sleeping particularly well either. But Charlie will, for two months, three month periods, have really bad sleeping where he'll be up maybe four times in a night. You then add the brother who'll also be up three times. So it's quite feasibly be up seven or eight times in a night <laughs> across them. <laughs> at which point, point I would bed? say it's not it's not a night of sleep anymore it's not what is that i don't know what that is i mean i'm having like 15 minute chunks at best i'm not going into deep sleep and then i'm hearing that awful you know that white noise that some noise that comes on on the on the monitor before you hear the crying it's a <laughs> sort of eerie wind noise and you know something's gonna happen either way it's woken me up whether it spirals or it's nothing it's, woken me. it's done the job i'm up well done whatever you rolled over you, or, or you're about to cry either way you've ruined that what could have been 40 minutes of sleep so you hear this noise and i wake there and i'm going what's this going to be is it going to be the usual? And of course, it normally is the usual, which means I go in to see Charlie. Charlie doesn't want to see me. So me going in makes the situation worse. Uh, he gets quite loud and then he wakes his brother Pip, who's upset. So it's going as well. Now they're both going in tandem. So Claire will come in and try and calm down Charlie. I'll have to go and do Pip. And just the whole thing's an absolute mayhem. And there's this merry-go-round of one waking up the other round and round and round and round again. Now, he's always had problems like this from the very beginning. Like when he was a baby, it was exactly the same. He had like allergies and stuff. He, he always had problems like this growing up. I think it's sort of like based in things when he was a young baby. But I can't remember. I think I can remember maybe two or three nights. I can, I can actually, no, I can remember the nights when I have good nights. I've had a good night's sleep. So what would consist of a good night's sleep? That is, yeah, that is quite bad. What, what, what's, a, what's a good night's sleep then? Just like, what, if he's had a good one, what would those two or three nights consist of? So, okay, so for me, a good night's sleep now, if Claire and I would turn to each other in the morning and say, oh, that was good, if, let's say, we went to bed at 10, we woke yep. up at midnight, then we woke up at 2, and then we woke up at 4. If we woke up three and maybe one other time four times three times we would react like we'd won the world cup in the morning like it would be <laughs> unbelievable <laughs> celebrations oh, yeah. even, <laughs> even now <laughs> yeah so so three wake-ups would be a cause for i can't believe what an incredible night that was <laughs> like yeah so, so that would be proper joy but, yeah, yeah, yeah what now or back when they were little uh no now still now now Ooh. Still now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck, so, uh, Tom. Yeah, I know, I know. But Charlie's always had weird things. Like there was a long period for about five months when he was about one and a half, where I could only get him to sleep by singing uh, "Under Pressure" by Queen. <laughs> so <laughs> he must have been about two because he was saying the words. He was just basically saying under he was trying to tell me what the song was so i'd have to sing this song under oh, pressure God. looking down and me rubbing his back slowly he does bowie and freddie mercury <laughs> all the parts but he's, he's always had this would you do the bass bit because the bass bit's the most iconic on your lips for a bit of banter but there's also things like we've always had to... I remember when he was like... He really got obsessed with um, his football coach, who's called Coach Jason, but really, really obsessed with this guy called Coach Jason. And 
we another way we'd have to get him to sleep was to reassure him that coach Jason was also sleeping. So that happened for quite a while. So long conversations before oh, bed. Bless that, him. Just to let you know that coach Jason is also asleep now. He's tucking himself into bed. Like coach Jason is like in his late thirties and this was like seven o'clock at night. <laughs> <laughs> and I was trying to convince Charlie that this football coach is getting into bed, but all these weird things he'd have. It's very, very sweet. It's just a part of it. He's got an unusual child. He's, you know, it's just the way he is, but the sleep is still just terrible. Yeah. They, so this is like, obviously it's quite extreme. I'd say your, your, your version of a good night is sort of like you'd have sort of early doors with sleeping. So if you like, have you had to try to speak to a sleep consultant or something to see what you can do? Yeah, so we actually had a sleep consultant over last night, actually. We thought we'd got to do oh. something about this. And um, yeah, yeah. so we, we did have someone over last night to try and help. Uh, but it's, it's that trying to change their relationship with feeding and like Pitt, for example, he wakes up during the night and thinks he wants milk on a number of occasions. Right. He probably doesn't. So trying to help change that. But um, I, I'm still sort of clinging on to the idea that <clears throat> the younger one is a good sleeper. I can't. I can't. Josh always point. You always say to me, Josh, that I constantly have to say it's going to be all right. It's fine. It's going to be all right. And you, yeah. it is what it is. is it what is you what often it is. Say. And then you'll say to me, and it's I all think, right. Is it what it is? Does it have to be what it is? But I would say for my, for me not to have a breakdown, it has to yeah. be okay. I have to say, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be okay. What sort life do you? Th- I don't know what you expect me to go. I, I can't just go. Oh yeah, it's a disaster. It's never going to resolve itself. No, no, I understand. I have to have some kind of thick person's hope that it's going to be all right. I never realised how bad that was. I knew, like, you know, Josh mentioned the, like in the podcast, oh, Tom's child doesn't sleep, doesn't sleep as like that well and stuff. But I didn't realise it was still now up like three or four times a night. So what a bad night is basically up every hour. Uh, yes, it would be. Yeah, yeah, that's that's about that's about right. Or and, and sometimes a number of times in the hour, but then there'll be a portion later in the night from maybe three or four o'clock. You might get a bigger wodge. So um, yeah. Oh, so consolidate his wake ups into one easy, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, one one mega. Hour. That's what you want. Like an omnibus. Can we do all these wake ups <laughs> in the first two hours? Let's get them all over with. Do six at the start, and then we can sleep through. Uh, well, that's the dream, but uh, it's that, that that is that is few and uh, sort of few and far between. But it, it's it's been it's the the extent that we've gone to to try and stop him from waking is ridiculous. We went on a family holiday to Norfolk last year. And um, Charlie was sleeping in the room next to the toilet. And so to make sure that we didn't wake him up by using the toilet during the night, we came to the decision, Claire and I, to um, urinate in a bucket throughout the night by our bed. (laughs) 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 So that's like, we just thought, well, that's the only option, because otherwise he'll be up constantly. So that is what we did. That's what we did. So you must have tried everything. What about the rub on the nose? People used to say, all you got to do is rub them, rub, them, rub them on the nose. Imagine if you haven't tried that and tonight you rub them on the nose and they sleep for eight hours. But he, but he gets so attached to things that he would then need that rub on the nose. Constantly. This is the way it works. Is that he forms attachments to whatever you do. Uh, so uh, that's the problem with trying things that are too, he'll become too right. reliant on. This is why I ended up singing Under Pressure for six months because that's what he needed. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The thing is, you're so chirpy about it. <laughs> but I, I, I find... Well, it is what it is, Josh. There's no other way. You've got to let, got to let the man have hope. Don't talk him out of chirping. It's Don't go, oh, well, you should be more miserable about this. There have been times where Josh has been visibly annoyed at me for not being more annoyed. <laughs> so when... <laughs> <laughs> you've looked sort of quite sort of openly when me and you have been Come together on. at the last leg because we write, you know, we write together. Uh, sometimes you'll go, it's all right, Tom, you can't, it's okay for it not to be okay. <laughs> I'm looking for some kind of fight. Yeah. I'm looking for some... Exactly. But I, I, I just need, I need to tell myself it's going to be okay because that's just what else, what else is there? <laughs> God. How would you be in this situation, Rob? I mean, I, like I say, I think I'm, I'm a bit more Tom's side of things of trying to be positive and stuff and just trying different techniques. But you hope they grow out of it. And three and a half is still fairly young. So you hope that you might turn a corner or something. Yeah. And Do you know what a real positive is? Your relationship is definitely going to last. Because if it hadn't gone in the last three and a half yeah. years, do you know what I mean? That that is the extreme the extreme a relationship could be put under. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the argument is they're too tired to have an affair. <laughs> Imagine that, I'm having an affair. Who with? Anyone. Don't touch me, I'm here to sleep. You can't, you can't sneak out in the night and return because they're going to wake up and see that there's an empty space in the bed about seven to eight times during the night. So, uh, yeah, completely. But, no, I, I, think, I, think, I, think, I think it's... Uh, it, yeah, you're, you're doing it together. It'll work itself yeah, exactly, out. exactly. I mean, you know, like, he has, he's an interesting chap, he's, my little lad. He's kind of... He's like a real... It's the same as me. He's a real worrier. So he... Something will... Concern yeah. him, and he'll obsess on it, yeah. and he'll bring it up months later. So, like, let's see, he's watching a cartoon, and someone has a worried face on it. He'll want to talk to me about it. Often, like two in the morning, three in the morning. Which is, it comes. He's very sort of empathetic, very sweet child, but he's yeah. also a worrier. And I think that's partly where this sleep comes from because he worries about things in the night and blah 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 blah, and wants to wake up yeah. and chat, chat about things. If he knew what was going on globally at the moment. <laughs> If he understood the implications of the current international news, he'd be in serious trouble. Say goodbye to my 36 minutes of sleep. Yeah, exactly. Isn't there a a piece of graffiti that worries him so you have to take a different route to nursery? Yeah, so this is is mad. This is on our road. There are, there's a piece of sort of like, it looks, it's quite brightly coloured spray paint graffiti, this face, which he calls the scary eyes, which um, is on someone's garage. It's quite a cool piece of art, I guess. And, um, but he's so worried about going past this piece of graffiti that we we can't walk up that road anymore, despite the fact that is by far the quickest way to get to the main road <laughs> and to get to nursery. So yeah. instead, we have to go the most scenic route around <laughs> East London you could possibly imagine. It's mad. Which isn't that scenic in East no, London. No. no, it's not that scenic. Yeah, that's, yeah quite. But and so we, we, we even have to drive down different routes. We can't go that way to the main road if he's in the car. We have to go different what, routes. We, what, you know, will he just get really upset then and cry and things yeah, if he, he sees so it? Yeah, so he sometimes is willing to sort of close his eyes, put his hands over his eyes and we sing a song, silly eyes, silly eyes, all this sort of thing. 
as he's going yeah, past, which kind of makes like him laugh, joke. smelly feet, all this sort of nonsense. But um, most of the time, he doesn't really want to go past it. Other times, he'll want to sort of confront it. It's kind of interesting how the mind of a child works. It's, it, fear is a strange thing. There's, there's part of them wants to approach it and deal with it. So occasionally, yeah. he'll be like, oh, can we go and see it? There's a lot going on with him there and um yeah. which i also kind of admire because he is scared of that and sometimes he does want to go and see it but it doesn't make our life unbelievably easy <laughs> because no. we're having to take 52 left turns to get to where we I, I can see the end of our road i can see the main road from our road we just need to drive to it but instead we have to go past every other house with three mile radius <laughs> last christmas you and rose kindly bought us a because i watched that documentary on basquiat and uh, you bought us a, obviously a print, not an original, <laughs> of a piece no, of yeah, not made art, uh, which we've got up on in our, on our <laughs> landing. There's a sort of scary face in the middle of it, which Charlie has now made me stick a post-it note over with a smiley face. <laughs> so I've had to draw a smiley face on a post-it note and stick it on this scary face, which is on the piece of art. So it's he obviously faces and things like this do sort of do worry him. Well, he's obviously very sort of like in tune to all that stuff, isn't it? And gets, it's just yeah, he worried is. and yeah. get fearful. Because I don't know like, what age you can go to see like a child psychologist, I imagine. Because if he's like that in the day, then it's obviously that's what's worrying him at night, isn't it? Keeping him up. It does feel like that must be the same thing as the sleep, right? Yeah, yeah I, I think there's probably links there. But I mean, I think it also manifests itself in ways that are quite sweet. Like the nursery say, whenever a, sort of, there's a child who looks a bit sad or whatever, he will be very aware of it and want to go and tell someone to go and help or he's, he's sort of very in tune with how yeah. people are reacting or what face they're showing he'll be like why is that man why why is that man whatever so why don't you just it, look it's... really sad when you have to drive all around the houses <laughs> just go really sad and see if he picks if you up more, on it if you looked more sad about I've been telling you to be more sad about the sleep thing yeah. that's the solution oh, Tom. are you empathetic or right, are you scared pick a fucking lane kid <laughs> daddy's it's two quid a litre of petrol here <laughs> Let's go the quick route home. We're losing money but and yes. time now, son. Oh, man. And so did you... I mean, it's weird when I ask a question because I kind of almost... Yeah. I almost know the answer. But, well, I'll just ask this question. How big is your cock, um, Tom? Is that the... Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tap me on the shoulder with it, you can tell me. Um, so uh, what's, what's your question? No wonder you got lower back pain. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, I was going to. I was basically going to ask a question that led to you telling Rob that you went to see a sleep therapist. Uh, oh, yeah. No, no, it was a, the feed. No, you went to see a fee- feeding person after two weeks, and yeah. you're so tired that you ended up. Well, you you tell Rob because well, it, it's can... weird when you're interviewing someone you know the answer. Oh. Well, this was a bad Sounds day like anyway. bloody Boris Johnson, a uh, press conference with his appointed uh, <laughs> reporters. <laughs> yeah, lovely. <laughs> Laura lovely. Koonsberg, more like Laura Conservative Party, am I right? Is that, oh, is that something you do oh, on the last week? That, that's nice. Is that good? That's yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Fucking B- yeah. bloody BBC, <laughs> eh? Awesome. Whoever it is that yeah. we don't like now. British Broadcasting News. Conservatives, that's what oh, I call yeah, them. More like am Sky, I right? Sky Bleu, more rather than Sky News. Right, guys? That's a, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Tom, carry yeah. on. <laughs> No, I enjoyed it. It was making me think and laugh. I like it. It's, it's kind of a, <laughs> it's an exciting what place to be. Is this funny or um, not? I can't wait till this is over. That's what I was thinking. No, I... <laughs> I can't wait for him to stop doing this. Um, so I, yeah, I know. I know what you're talking about. So that was a, I, that was a sort of a weird week in general. Basically, Charlie had these sort of milk allergy sort of things he what, what we thought he might have milk allergy. He wasn't. Oh, my daughter had milk allergy. She had to go on to formula that was lactose free. 
for a bit yeah, and then now we did milk ladder and she's all over the the uh the, the chocolate now yes the uh, yeah yeah no, no same here so charlie can have everything now but there was a point where they were trying to work out what's going on we'd been to uh uclh that day for a consultation and uh we'd been sat in the waiting room for ages and all the other pa- parents left it'd been like three hours and there was a wendy house in there and i said to claire oh we're so bored do we do you want to get in the wendy house so claire got in the Wendy house. It was like there was no other adults in there, at which point, of course, the doctor came out and called our names. So there was Claire sticking her head out the Wendy house. <laughs> that, I know the reason I remember that is because that afternoon we went to see that, uh, yeah, we went to see a feeding consultant about his latch uh, down uh, in South London. And I was sort of so stressed about going to see this person that I thought I was just going to, you know, I have no idea what's going on. I was, I think I was quite anxious to be honest, as, as, as a parent when I first, mm. after Charlie was first born. Yeah. I wasn't really, I don't, I don't know what, what it, how you describe it. I just don't think I quite understood what a huge change it was, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Uh, and I, well, remember- I remember you saying to me when I, when my daughter was a few weeks old, no, it must have been a few months old because we had the bouncer, you know, the, the classic bouncer. Yeah. And at the, that time, uh, Claire was pregnant and you said so do you just like pop her in the bouncer and then you can like just get up on with work at the table and I thought oh my god oh my god this is going to be this is going to be a huge shock to this your view that they do eight hours in the bouncer in the day while you were tapping away at the table <laughs> occasionally yeah basically do a nine to five in there uh, no yeah. I, I think I just hadn't really appreciated what it was and I remember that like on the day that he was born, it was great. It was wonderful, etc. But uh, <laughs> I also felt a real sort of that etc. Was doing a lot of legwork in that sentence. But it? you know that's that sort of heavy, classic. That... You did you actually enjoy it, or was it a very horrible anxious time? But you have to go. It was great, obviously, because that's what's expected, etc. <laughs> well, I mean, the rocking it's... back and forth, the crying inside, the worried look on your face, the, the helplessness, etc. <laughs> It was a great day. He will, look, as long as he's a good sleeper, then it's going to be fine. Um, the, <laughs> so, no, but I do remember that feeling of um, just this life being there and it being like, oh, this is, this is, this, this is it now. As in, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's, it, everything has changed in a way that I hadn't quite anticipated, I think. And I, I felt sort of very sort of, almost it was like, it reminded me of like that physical feeling of, like a feeling of homesickness kind of weirdly when you're, younger it's like a chest feeling of like i don't feel completely yeah. control of this i may you know maybe a yeah. lot of other people i think in a weird way i was given some advice before uh child was born which was when you first hold your child when it's first born you'll never feel a feeling of elation and it'll be like you're you're, you're <laughs> this is what and i kind of wish i hadn't been told that because i don't think that is necessarily the case for people no. um like i yeah. i love my children so much they are just i know i know <laughs> that's what we're talking there we about, go. but but they are they're they're, they're a, i mean i'm very lucky to have them and i think they're wonderful i, I really do but i, I <laughs> wish i hadn't this. been told i wish i hadn't been told beforehand that i would on that moment on that day hold him and just feel nothing other than oh great you know angels and all this sort of stuff singing but i, I wasn't really what happened i actually felt quite sort of anxious and kind of stressed yeah i think that's a really bad mm. thing to tell people because it feels like it feels like a pr- there's a pressure on it for you to live this moment in the way other people have lived it, yes. which I just think is very unhealthy. You'll feel guilt if you don't feel yeah. happy, like you're bad and you don't care, but it's not true. You're just I fucking think, worried. I think, I think that's exactly it. 
Anyway, um, to it felt like an elephant had landed on my to-do list. Like a big <laughs> fucking weight. <laughs> Fuck. Everything. I've got yeah. so much to do now. I remember that moment when I thought, Fuck, this doesn't end. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like everything else I've had in my life before that is a lot of work or it is stressful or it is difficult, I've gone, well, at least in three months that will have ended. Or yeah. I'll, at least Edinburgh is 26 days. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this is forever. This is it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> but I love my kids. <laughs> You don't have to say that, Josh. You don't have to say no, that. I think Josh had to after that line. I do think Josh had to after that line, to be fair, Tom. I, give a <laughs> I remember two weeks in, coming back, and I'd been at work during the last leg or something. I got back at like 6pm, and it was like straight in, and I had no sleep, and I was feeling very, very low. And I remember my mother-in-law saying to me, the thing you've got to remember is you're only ever as happy as your unhappiest child. And I thought, why are you saying this to me at this moment? This is not what I need at this moment. Why didn't you say that to me 10 months ago? Anyway. You remember, Josh. My three children you, are very happy and so am I now. You, I, you <laughs> now, wrote, like, admittedly, you had found the first sort of four months kind of quite stressful or whatever it was, Charlie was born, like five months in or whatever. And we went to your house and we'd had dinner with you and you and Rose had told us for about half an hour how stressful it all was and like it never ends the sleep's terrible etc etc like the longest tirade of don't do this just don't do this and ironically they underplayed it for you (laughs) well it it ended with us going well actually actually, we've got some news and that's when we told you that we (laughs) it was 45 minutes of the most (laughs) basically some of the descriptions were horrific of <laughs> what we were. Oh, and it was like, oh, okay, okay, okay. Anyway, just to wrap up the story, the point is I was quite stressed at the beginning. I went to see this rather posh sleep consultant and midway through the appointment with her, she noticed I was wearing two left shoes. That's what the story is. <laughs> <laughs> I was wearing two Nike Cortezes, both uh, left feet on my... Uh... <laughs> and I... I've never been so embarrassed. And she gave me a look as if to say, there's a reason your child is not feeding. It's because you're an idiot. You're, you're an idiot, that's why. <laughs> the, my, my, my moments I remember for my first year, uh, yeah, the two left shoes and also being at your London wedding, Josh, with Charlie. Now, remembering that Charlie's a warrior, walking up to a little park near it and seeing a pigeon... <laughs> saying to Charlie, oh, look at the pigeon. Should we go and see that pigeon? And walking across, and the pigeon was was lacking its head. Its head had come off. <laughs> there was literally no sign of a head. <laughs> and uh, But that, that is, st- sticks with me as a really sort of early memory of sort of bad parenting, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and trying to yeah, usher but that's not Charlie your fault. away. But that it's would only really be bad if you, if you decapitated the pigeon yourself and lay, lay it there to surprise him. That would Thank be bad you, parenting. Yeah. yeah was, and so this you. is a lesson about life and death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you... Um, you're a very positive person. I actually have never really probably asked you about this. But, like, I don't see you and Claire arguing much, even in these heightened kind of 
emotional situations. Is that because you you've got to be positive in all situations, right? Yeah. So I mean, obviously, you you have points where you're stressed and um, you're maybe sort of shorter than you should be or what it happens to be. But it's all we we resolve things very very quickly and. Um, we don't sort of we don't let things linger or hang. So we yeah we don't really. So nothing really never really spirals into an argument at all. I mean it would be lying to say that there aren't moments where you're both you're exhausted. It's four in the morning. You're not both delighted yeah. and going. I know we're both awake, but at least we can snog. We're not like that. It's kind of we're sort of yeah. It's, yeah. We're, we're stressed. <laughs> snog. <laughs> oh my we're god! The thought of me saying that to Lou. Look, we're up anyway. Fancy a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Do email in if you're if you're the kind of couple who, when woken by a child in the middle of the night, (laughs) takes the opportunity to have sex. Because I don't believe that. After you've settled the baby back to sleep, not yeah, 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 of course, to to the chorus of them crying. That I don't want that email. (laughs) I I think you should report yourself. Take yourself to the police. My eldest was a bit of a, a, a warrior sometimes. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say to to, to to that extreme of the 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 new route to school. But there's certain things. Yeah. But like she's got a little bit better with her younger sister. Come, she's a little bit more like yours, where a little bit more like a throw herself in and to things. Yeah. And so actually, it brings the older one out of their shell a little bit because. They, um, and also you think that you, I was quite I was quite anxious with our firstborn. I think they do pick up on it a little bit. But the second one, obviously, you're more relaxed for. They sometimes bring it out of their shell because if she goes, well, I'll do that, yeah. then the older one goes, well, I should be able to do that because she's younger than me and she's doing it. So it might sort of, they might help each other out a little bit, if you know what I mean. No, I, th- I think I think that's definitely the case. And that, that, I think that's true about the experience of not being less anxious the second time round. I mean, this last year has gone... I can't believe that our one-year-old is now one. I can't, I can't believe that it's gone so fast. But the experience of the first time round is they, those weeks can feel very slow with your, 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 oh, your first time. Well, especially you was in lockdown, like, remember, wasn't you? So yeah. like that, he wouldn't we, have yeah. met many... Two years of, like, that's quite an important time, isn't it, from the age of, like, one to three? Those two years are very important, aren't they, with socialising and stuff and groups and play... Yeah, so a lot of that wasn't there. And then you had sort of periods where you, maybe you had to self-isolate for like 14 days. I think we had to do that like three times with Charlie and all these sort of things. And those are quite strange experiences early on. But uh, but I do I do think the second time around it, sort of, it goes much quicker because I, I remember sort of you'd count down the days. Oh, if we can make it to three weeks, all this sort of stuff. When we get to a month, things will be much easier. All that sort of stuff, first time. Do you, do you, have, do you have your kids occasionally, they'll sort of, if they're annoyed at you, they'll... It's that well, we're not friends anymore. I don't love you. There's all yeah. this sort of stuff. Oh, they chuck yeah, in. yeah. He was saying the other yeah. day, a bedtime like about a week ago, he wanted Claire to do it, but Claire was upstairs with Pip, and I was doing his bedtime. He was saying, "No, Daddy, you know, I, I don't want you here. I'm going to put you in the neighbor's garden." He kept saying that, "I'm going to put you in the neighbor's <laughs> garden," which is quite. I don't know if that's at least I'll be close by. I suppose that's quite yeah. sweet. Okay, you should go drive of- past the graffiti. Two complain that guy. Get back in his head. <laughs> Already that testing, that pushing, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. I think I'm all right with it. Do you know the problem with it now is my when daughter when she says stuff like "You're not my best friend anymore," yeah. it's quite funny. Yeah, it is. So it's mainly trying to keep a straight face because I know it's very serious for her. But for me, I'm like, she sounds like such an idiot that I do find it quite funny because it's like it's so 
She's. I don't know. It's something about the how dramatic it is. The slightly weird phrasing. The fact she's decided that that's the thing that's going to hurt me. It's difficult for me to keep a straight face yeah. in that situation. Does that make me a monster? No, I think it's quite. I think I think you have to accept because they're you're not a friend anymore. And I go, okay, well, yeah, you, friends come and go. Sometimes you've got friends. Sometimes you haven't. There'll be new ones around the corner. And try to make it more flippant, rather because it, it means so much when they're little. And because because that's what that's what I because when we my daughter sometimes struggles to sleep and gets a bit like oh I'm having I'll have bad dreams I'll have nightmares and all that kind of stuff but I used to go like, a bit like bit wo- like you know really sort of like a woke parent and be like let's talk it through yeah so how do you feel but actually sometimes you're better off just going just fucking ignore it like you don't you can over like especially with anxiety personally if I talk about something for ages it makes it worse I just need to get on with it and do it so I think sometimes you can get yourself in a worse position by talking about it too much and allowing it to fester because you sort of legitimise it then and that's what we found and then that you know recently she said oh I can't I'm going to sleep because my brain's telling me this. My brain, and I went that voice in your head. She was like, "You went, just ignore it. It's just a suggestion. Just ignore it. It's just being silly. It's stupid. Ignore it." And then and and try and go down that route rather than going and trying to find like the root cause of why there's that voice. You know what I mean? That, that's otherwise you turn us. into me. Otherwise you turn into me, constantly <laughs> analysing every moment yeah. for shame or worry for their whole life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well that's yeah. what I was doing I was going but what why do you feel like that was happening, just like don't you stop searching for an answer and just sort of try and sort of shut it down or distract from it like when my I, well, I was talking before my daughter said I don't care about you and wouldn't hold my hand and then I was just saying like uh, oh, okay don't okay they don't hold my hand then that's fine and now she started holding my hand she went I'm holding your hand but with my sleeve not my hand and I was like oh okay yeah fine <laughs> that's do that if you want and it actually had like more clever. of an impact than talking about it uh, are we, you know. Yeah, I love I love it when kids come up with those sort of those loophole things. We were doing yeah. Charlie's uh, potty training a little while ago, and we did one of those sort of things where you get if you do it five times, you get five stickers, and you've got to get a magazine from the shop at the top of the row. So we put this poster on the wall, and every time he got five stickers, he'd get a, a get a magazine basically. And then I noticed he was um, he was breaking up one single toilet stop into a number as a way of getting <laughs> quite a few stars. <laughs> So he's well, so causing himself some kind of long time, long term like piles or something by doing that kind of. No, no, he go and do a bit of a bit of a wee or whatever happens to be, and then he come to me and he come and have a start and I go yeah, and then he go and finish the wee and he come back again. Second <laughs> start. The bladder control, the bladder control of a three year old though is incredible. It is, yeah, it's amazing. When does he start school, Tom? When's he? Is it this September or next? He September? starts in, in September. This September, yeah, yeah. Is he excited about that or is he a bit bit worried? How do you feel about him? going to big school he's feeling he's feeling okay i mean uh there's friends from his nursery that are going that's good and he's he's quite an, he's quite an uh i suppose he's quite, quite eccentric with you josh he's quite an unusual sort of child uh he's very sort of independent and always wanted to sort of play his own little games stuff like this but yeah. uh it's really getting a good friendship group now as well uh, which is lovely so it's kind of because you you worry oh will he Maybe he'll be on his own a little bit, but it's really not proving to be that case. And it's, I think it's providing him, he's, he's really pleased that his friends are going there. And uh, oh, yeah, that's he, nice. he's, he's excited about it. Yeah, he is. I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm excited about it as well. I'm quite nervous. I'm very, I'm very nervous are about you? my daughter going to school. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I find it very stressful, the thought of like that first day or the drop off. I think it's probably much bigger in my head than it is in uh, hers. They I mean, will totally say. feed off you. Me and Lou had this conversation of just like, just don't, just, just don't keep talking. Don't change. Just be very calm and let it, just let it go. Don't, because you, you can be like, oh no, let me, let me sort your uniform. Oh, and they feed off your stress. 
Yeah. 100%. So I think the key, the, the best thing you can do is try and be calm within yourself. I've barely mentioned it to her, but that's because I'm trying to bury it down deep inside my own worries. Rob. I've got, I've got. <laughs> okay, you've gone too far the other way. <laughs> I've gone too far the other way. <laughs> so how calm do you mean? Do you mean sort of like barely giving them a nod at the school gate when you drop them off the first no, day? No, not like no, not at all. No, not at all. But it's that sort of like don't grab when you're walking in. Don't grab their hand and walk them in unless Completely. they want want to grab your hand. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. Don't yeah, be, yeah. be there for them, but don't be like, oh, and then like, uh, and then me and Lou were like, well, don't go this way. We're going to be like, and we're sort of bickering because we're stressed about, our, yes, and, it's yeah. Not, yeah, and yeah, it yeah. isn't our kids starting school. It's our baby being a grown up, like, you know, becoming a girl, like, like a proper kid. Yeah. That's what is distress. Yes. Not that she's got to sit in a room with a group of kids in all the same clothes. Which essentially is what yeah, it is, yeah. isn't it? She's going to sit in a room with loads of other kids her age, which will be fun in the same clothes and, and, and be excited and love it. But but we were telling each other like, no, 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 we get like, giving each other a look. I know we're getting stressed because of something else, and then they'll fit, they'll they'll pick up on that kind of thing. But yeah, yeah not just like launch them out the car and speed off listening to eighties music. <laughs> Sayonara. Yeah, you're on your own now, mate. Yeah, of course. I mean, because prime my memories of primary school was a joy to me. I, I loved primary school. Secondary school was the one. Yeah, I was, secondary school is the one you want to worry about. I <laughs> <laughs> think this is bad, mate. That, is, that could be really difficult. <laughs> I once caught my reflection, Josh, uh, in year 10 in a mirror in the toilets, and my spots were so bad that I just walked home. I just left. <laughs> I just went home. Oh, Tom. I was like, I can't, I, can't, I can't be around like this. I'm just going to walk home. So that's what I did. Got back on the bus. <laughs> I went all the way back home. Oh, and uh, no. hit at the top of Banner Downhill and went home at half three. That's true. Anyway. Is what it was. Sky yeah. Sky so it's a remarkable how your son's like this, a little bit nervous of things. So. <laughs> Can't see where it's come from. from. Yeah, Threw imagine. a bolt out the blue. <laughs> do you feel like he's you and Pip is Claire? Uh, yes, I do. Yeah, I do. I think uh, Charlie's so much like me. Yeah, he's, he's, he yeah, thinks about things a lot and kind of, you were saying there, Josh, about how you sort of, uh, overanalyze things I, I definitely have that I like sometimes I'm really stressed I have to I as you know I, I lie down in the shower this is my thing I'll put the shower and I'll lie down in the shower and I'll sort of like go over everything that's sort of worried me but I, I do hope I'm not face down or face up it depends how bad the day's been Rob to be honest it's uh... <laughs> Increasingly face down. Um, yeah. But, but, but I, I would say that I, I'm, I would like to think I'm not imparting this on him. I, I actively am not trying to be worried. I'm not like yeah. that. I'm yeah, not really. Not. Oh, no, of course. No. But, but it's, it's interesting that I, he does still, he has those, those traits and it's, you, you see them. But Pip yeah, is far more just like stubborn and kind of has these, I'm going to, you know, and Claire has these traits as she would admit. Uh, let's go. So it's kind of, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting, but you know what? I yeah. love them both. I love them both. You know that. <laughs> well, no, we do that. Me, me, me and Lou have been trying to do that. Like when you see spiders in the house and Lou's like, ah! like that. And then like the kids start going, ah! and I'm like, Lou, if you didn't scream, they wouldn't have screamed there. <laughs> that is, they are literally yeah. copying your scream. Yeah, yeah. So Charlie's now freaked out by the butterflies we were talking about earlier about it at London Zoo because Claire has a genuine phobia of butterflies, tried to deal with it and take him through it and just fail completely. Just freaked out when these monarchs were sort yeah. of landing on her or whatever and he's now charlie's like oh god despite and i'm trying to go these things are small they can't hurt you but he's he's seen claire 
react like yeah. you know, a lion's gone. In, in many ways, when you're saying they're small and can't hurt you, you're undermining his mum, Craig. <laughs> but you've made the decision it's more important that he's not scared of butterflies <laughs> than he respects his mum. That's the decision you made. There. Yeah, but it's butterflies, isn't it? I mean, come on. <laughs> Well, I, that's, I've had to do that with theme parks and stuff like that and rides. I hate I hate any rides like that, but they want to go on stuff. So I, it's only the little dragon ride at Legoland, but that was a huge deal for me. And the kids were like bold on it, didn't give a shit. And I'm like, oh yeah, the next one. And I'm like hyperventilating, trying to find an asthma pump. Going, oh my God, I've done the dragon ride. <laughs> it's so pathetic, but trying to hold it together so much. But like, then you've got me, you're supposed to be open and honest with your kids, but then also I'm completely bottling it up and petrified <laughs> going on this fucking ride. Like, can't be the right thing to do, can it? Have you, no. um, when we talk about earlier about worry, can I ask you something? If you've, I don't know if either of you have done this, when you're reading stories to your kids, if there's bits in there that, do you sort of redact parts of the story? If, if there are bits that are sort of worrying I've done that with... Yeah, it's not, I'm, just, I'm not alone in that, am I? Yeah. You know those ones you get where it's like famous people? So it's like inspirational famous people. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're like a, a classic Christmas gift you'd receive. Yes. So we've got, the Ella Fitzgerald one. Okay. Where her mum is killed in a road accident. Oh, God. And then oh, she's God. put she's put into a home for orphans and then they treat her really badly, so she leaves. And so oh, that wow. is a straight... So straight what do you skip to? to? Well, I'd been great at jazz singing. <laughs> right. That's the main body of the book. But yeah, <clears throat> yeah. So it's with Stickman. It's Stickman's the one with us. So there's a, there's a bit where Stickman's frozen in the snow, which we can't we can't read. Another bit where he's put in the grate. So all these bits are are skipped you know them stories about people you know we've got that Amelia Earhart one because it's about a lot of them about like yeah. um, famous women oh yeah she uh, dies yeah, she, yeah so she dies but the, the, she, the whole thing's about how she's an amazing pilot and stuff like that but she yeah. dies flying the fucking plane so how good is she <laughs> I, mean, I don't you want to put the story. You had one job, Amelia. And I mean, it's good that she's trying to go around the world in one go, so fair play. But it, it, you sort of think, oh, right, okay. So she was really sick, but she didn't do it. <laughs> That's the real lesson. <laughs> That's never, never dream. Never dream. <laughs> they, they basically, what they needed, they need kids' books, alternative endings, depending on what your child's like. So it can <laughs> yeah. be a really guess, soft ending. That's also known as propaganda. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Just let's just change it to what feels best, and everything was all okay. You could have, you, you know, you could have stick man on a pyre of sort of burning sticks at the end, losing all his friends. Yeah, but or I would say falling you know, in a bit option. of water—that's not too bad, is it? Falling in a bit of water—that's what happened to Amelia Earhart. Dangerous. To be fair, depends yeah. on the height, doesn't well, it? There you go. <laughs> As a man, Tom, that struggles to criticise, yeah. which is an admirable trait. Okay. I think you'll struggle with our final question, which right. is why I'm so excited about asking it. Okay, yeah. Which is, we always like to end by asking, based on Matthew Crosby, uh, his wife listens to the podcast, so we gave him the opportunity to say something his wife does that annoys him that he hasn't said to her. What one thing does Claire do? Does Claire listen? As a parent. Uh, yes, she does. She does, yeah. Claire, Claire loves it. Um, what one thing does Claire do that annoys me? I, well, I, I'm, I'm I generally am struggling to think of... Um, okay, I've got it. I've got it. I do have the thing. I do have the thing. It's go. not really a noise, but this is definitely <laughs> true, that when we, are, when we go out to a social thing together <laughs> as parents, uh, I, I'm, I, I'm always the one who's, um, who's entertaining the children. <laughs> but I don't just mean um, 
by children, I mean, it seems to be that I'm lumbered with lots and lots of children when we go oh, to a yeah. thing. So we went out for um, Sunday lunch maybe a fortnight ago with some people. And then there was a point at the end where I was down one end of the table. Like, you know, like at a wedding, you have a kid's table. Yeah. It was me and yeah. six children and someone's baby. I didn't even know who the baby was. <laughs> there was a baby with us. And everyone else was getting pissed at the other end of the table, like slapping each other's backs and we were all of a time. And I'm playing um, sort of match yeah. the farmyard animals. Oh, that is annoying, isn't it? Children. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that that would be it. But then I, I would it doesn't really annoy me, annoy me, annoy me. But uh, is that Claire's fault? No. So to be honest, I don't think it is. I think I think that's more on me. So I don't think that's even her. I think that's more. The question should be what sort of part of my personality <laughs> annoys me most. And that would be my absolute <laughs> desperation, to to desperation to please children. Yeah, it's exactly it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, but you know, it, it is what it is. But I, I wouldn't say it really. really I sometimes it. see if I'm in a social situation where I can't be bothered, hmm. and there's kids. I sometimes see entertaining the kids as a really good out. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But on other times, that I you'll just be at a, a drinks in an afternoon, and you've got a two-year-old, and they just want to push a pram up and down a stair for an hour inside while everyone's outside at a barbecue. That is the slowest time ever moves. No, no, but that's good, though, if you don't want to be with the other people. If you don't want to be the other people, that's the perfect job. If you don't want to be there, it's great. Yes. If you do want to be there, it's heartbreaking. You can just see in the distance everyone having a wonderful time through the kind of French doors you can see they're all, they're all, they're all partying away in the garden. They're all kissing and dancing and rolling around the grass. You're child falling over. (laughs) Yeah, no, definitely. Oh. I, I, well, I miss I miss the first goal, Luke Shaw's goal in the uh, final, in, in, in um, the Euros final. Because oh, I've, got, I've got I've got it on catch up. Yeah. Spoiler alert! I've got <laughs> that on catch up. Please don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't I, I haven't watched the final uh, yet. I'm waiting for it. <laughs> so you missed You're it. You're too drunk to remember it, Rob. <laughs> yeah, I, I missed it. it I was I was upstairs trying. This is my own child, of course, admittedly, but upstairs trying to sort of settle Pip and get Pip back to sleep. Of course, I was trying to get one of my children to sleep when. Uh, the one moment of joy in 90 minutes was occurring. But, uh, yeah, it, it, it is. You got, did you got there back in time for the penalties? I did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Should have stayed up there, to be honest. But, uh, yeah. Oh, cheers, Tom. Oh, it's been it's, amazing. Thank you so much. An absolute pleasure. Hopefully you get oh, some sleep. And do you know what? I reckon you're one good sleep away from it just clicking. Yes. Yeah, yeah. In the one plus thing from Charlie this morning, he did a, he did a poo in the potty this morning. Pointed at it and said, "Look, it's a number seven. So he's learning his numbers. And he looked at it, and it was the shape oh, of the oh, seven. That's good. So something's happening. So he's clearly oh, what? bright. He thought it was an. He thought it looked like a number seven. That it was, wasn't it was his way of saying a number, a number one or a number two. No, it was a number seven. It, it looked exactly like a number seven. He was correct. So he may not be sleeping, but he knows his numbers. So that's good. <laughs> that's good. He can shit up <laughs> to ten. To <laughs> you don't want to cling on to it. Zero is quite tricky. Zero is quite tricky. Tom Crane. That isn't it. That's a story, isn't it? I can't believe his kid doesn't the, the sleep the sleep situation at three and a half. It's, poor, poor Claire and Tom. It's insane, isn't it? It is so extreme. You know when you're like, I've just got to get to six months. I'm just going. I've just got to get to four. Four years, just four years. I know. I know, I know exactly what my dad would have done with me with that um, graffiti. He would have gone, "Oh fucking hell!" and just drove past it, and then I would have immediately cried, and then he would have had to drive the long way forever, and then my <laughs> mum would have told him off. It's a really difficult. I say, my dad. I would, that's what I would have done. Yeah, it's a really difficult one to know whether you should go. Ah, oh, just man up. I'm not going to be your graffiti avoider. I yeah. I know that. Like the other day when we were going out, and um, uh, my daughter wanted to take her toy pram and for me I was just like 
Rose like, she's absolutely not taking it. We'll end up carrying it around. And I was going, oh, God, she's going to cry when we tell her. And if Rose hadn't been there, that pram was 100% coming with us. And I was 100% carrying it around all day just to avoid her crying. And then Rose put her foot down. We didn't take the pram. And she'd forgotten about it literally by the time we were in the car. Yeah, that's the thing. I think you can over you can overdo it or underdo it. But it's difficult. It's hard to know, and it, everyone's different. But yeah, Jesus Christ, it's I've a just, lot of waking up. I've just got a text from Claire, Tom's girlfriend, that says, "I can't believe Tom dodged the what annoys you most about Claire question." Poor, she must have been listening at the door. Or maybe it's just we can hear everything in the house. No wonder they're not fucking sleeping. <laughs> oh, by the way, they live in one big room. One big room on the middle of a roundabout. Yeah, with huge windows. It's the sun <laughs> They live at Clackett Lane. <laughs> they live at Clackett Lane motorway services <laughs> off the M25. Uh, no, that's great, though. Good lad, Tom. Thank you, Tom. And, uh, thank you to uh, cheers, everyone Tom. for listening. And we will see you on... Tuesday. Tuesday. Tuesday.